Man, we are so glad that you are with us today uh, to jump on our digital experience with us today. Thank you so much. Right off the bat, I need to say to all the men, to all the fathers, the biological fathers, the spiritual fathers, uh, to all the men out there, I need to tell you, happy Father's Day. I know it's already been awesome this morning or uh, or this afternoon if you're catching our 5 p.m. Uh, rebroadcast to this and and we're just excited. I'm 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 excited. I know it's been great. I know you're going to have a great day. Your uh, your family's going to have something great for you. So I just want to tell you, men, um, biblically, God has ordained us and developed us to be the leaders of the home, and it is a great weight and great responsibility. And uh, man, just enjoy your day. We honor you. Um, as you know, we already have some uh, gifts and surprises for you today, so make sure you take advantage of that stuff. Uh, it's going to be a great, great day. Just sit back, relax, go grill something, and have a good, good time. Hey, so as we've been uh, transitioning and pivoting, if you will, the way that we do church to a digital format, uh, we've noticed that uh, our streams are literally being watched Honestly, literally across the world, uh, there are people in other countries, in other areas watching our streams, uh, but we have a lot of people that have gained traction um, in other states in our country, and I'm really, really pumped for that. So if you're anywhere outside of Elgin, uh, Florence, where we have a presence, if you're anywhere outside of the state of South Carolina, thank you for jumping in. There is a special group that I got to connect with this week. Uh, that watches us uh, in North Carolina, in Monroe, uh, North Carolina. It is actually part of my family, and I told them that I would say a special hello uh, to my Aunt Irene, uh, who watches us. And so, Aunt Irene, I need to say hello, and uh, we love you. You are so amazing. And I also was told to tell you to be nice to Margaret and Terry, all right? Just do that. So, um, no, Ann Irene, you're awesome. All of you that are jumping in and catching us all across the nation, all across the world, thank you so much for watching. I hope that God is present um, or that you feel God's power and presence in your living room during these experiences. It's quite the... the, the celebration point whenever we get to celebrate things like that. And I had some fun because I'm the pastor. I get the mic. I get to do that if I want to. Uh, But I wanted to celebrate, man, by sharing uh, these digital experiences, by inviting others. You're literally helping reach people across the country and across the world with the gospel of Jesus. So we're excited about that. So we've been in this series called Pivot where we've really studied the Apostle Paul and how the Apostle Paul, you know, he went from Saul to Paul and and all this stuff, and his life was a series of giant pivots uh, throughout his leadership, throughout his ministry, throughout his pastor, uh, pastorhood, all, all these things. And so today, um, I want to I wanna talk about this, the pivot of identity. The pivot of identity. If you've missed any of the previous four weeks of this series, it's been a great, great series that has really uh, grounded us and helped us learn how to thrive Uh, when things suddenly change. And if you know anything about the world today, things are suddenly changing all the time right now. And I don't know that that's a bad thing, 
but if we don't pivot, we'll be stuck on a level that we don't want to be on instead of going to the next level. So we've been doing that. Go back, watch those. I think today is strategic, uh, being Father's Day, because I think as fathers, we have to learn how to build an identity uh, more than we build a name. So let's go back and let's look at the Apostle Paul for a minute. So there, the Apostle Paul, before he was Paul, he was Saul of Tarsus, who killed, persecuted, and alienized um, Christians, believers of Jesus. Now, Paul, or Saul, uh, was raised Jewish. He believed very much in God. He believed very much in a Messiah. He just believed Jesus was a good man, uh, might have been a prophet, but he was not the Messiah they had been waiting for, and the only way to rid the world of this sweeping ideology of Christianity through Jesus Christ, uh, redemption and restoration of relationship to the Father, God, through Jesus. The only way to get rid of that was to alienate and, and honestly execute Christians in that time. And he was so zealous uh, and passionate about the belief of the Jewish culture that he had been taught and raised in that that's what he did. So Saul of Tarsus is going to Damascus. On the road to Damascus, he meets the Lord, um, and his scales fall on his eyes. He has an encounter with the Lord. The Lord redeems and, and saves his soul as uh, Saul now becomes Paul through um, salvation and redemption. So the Lord changes his name from Saul to Paul, and then Paul goes on, and he becomes one of the greatest leaders pastors, church planners, spiritual fathers, mentors uh, to ever walk the face of the universe. So what I want to focus on is the fact that why did Paul's name change from Saul to Paul? And here's why. As I've been thinking about this, I thought about it this way. Saul, his name brought fear. So whenever a Christian or a church leader or somebody would hear the name Saul, Saul of Tarsus is coming. In fact, you see it in the book of Acts when it talks about the conversion and Saul now, or Paul now goes and begins preaching after this encounter. People were terrified of the man even then because his name brought fear. However, in that encounter with the Lord, now the Lord changes his name, not because his name brought fear, but because now his identity was different. Saul was built on a name, a name of fear. Paul was built in the identity of hope. And so what we have to do is we have to learn and we have to make this pivot sometimes that we have to go from building a name to building an identity. And if we don't build an identity, then everything else will change. A name is how people get our attention. An identity is how we get others' attention. Please hear me. We have to shift from whatever we have always been known as to what are we going to be known for. A name is what you're known as. A name is something that you are called by. Identity is what you're known for. It's what you leave behind. And so what I want to talk to you about today on this Father's Day on week five of Pivot is how to build an identity and not 
build a name. How to build an identity and not build a name. I think this is incredibly important because, and here's why, I believe and I think that as I read scripture, what begins to happen is if we're not careful when we build a name, we build on superficial things. We run a rat race of approval, of appreciation, of acceptance. Whenever we build an identity, there's something founded, it's something secure, it's something uh, solid, it's there. And what happened was is Saul built a name for himself, but Paul built an identity in Christ. And what I want to tell you today is some of you, I'm just telling you right now, some of you are going to be set free from building a name that looks for acceptance and retweets and likes and double taps to where now we're going to build an identity on the foundation of Jesus Christ that will not be shaken, as Hebrew says, that will never go away because we are have an identity of who we are. We're not just known as something we're known for something okay and so I want us to build an identity so look at somebody in the room real quick and tell them I'm building an identity come on tell them I'm building an identity I'm building an identity now look at the person somebody else in the room maybe it's your dog I don't know but tell them you need to build an identity come on you need to build an identity see I believe this is important because because I believe that no matter where we are in our relationship with Christ, no matter where we are, who we are in, 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 in this world, we all need a solid identity. I, 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 if I'm truthful, I believe that there's a lot of people running around chasing things that don't matter simply because we're trying to build a name and we don't have an identity. I want you to walk out of here today with the foundation starting blocks of building an identity and it doesn't shift when things change that doesn't change when things get tough, that, that doesn't waver, but we know who we are, we know whose we are, we know what we're going to be known by, and we know what we're going to be known for, as we talked about in one of the pivots of love, and our identity, our identity, our foundation, our solid foundation is in Christ. That's why there's the parable, when the storms come, uh, the house that was built on the stand, it washes away, but the house that's built on the rock stands forever. The rock is Jesus Christ. I want us to build an identity today. I want to talk about what that looks like. And some of you are watching this, you're hearing this, and you don't have an identity in Christ. Well, we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes as well, because that's step one. But here we go. How can we build an identity? How can we build an identity? There's three things I'm going to share with you today that I find in Paul's letters to the church of Galatia and the church of Ephesus. And the first one is this. If we're going to build an identity rather than a name, we have to crucify our flesh. Number one, crucify our flesh. In Galatians chapter 2, in verse 20, it says it like this. This is what Paul is writing. He's writing to the church of Galatia. He is their pastor and leader, and he's giving them these words. He says this. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. All right, hear me. With Christ. So what does that mean? I am crucified at the same time, in the same manner, in the same way as Christ. Why? Because when he was crucified, he took my sin, my shortcoming, and my, my uh, mess-ups on the cross with him. So I, Brandon, you, whoever you are watching, you have been crucified. You have been uh, hung on a cross with Christ 
And it is no longer I who live. So when Christ was crucified, he took me and he took you and he took our sins and our shortcomings. He took us to the cross, to the crucifixion with him. So when he was crucified, Paul is saying, now I no longer live. My name Paul, my name Saul no longer lives. Now I, um, it is that no longer I who live, but Christ who lives within me. So my name no longer lives, but my identity is in Christ because my identity is who is in me, right? So Christ, but Christ who lives within me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Hear the pivot. For years of Saul's life, he was taught the Jewish teaching. Jesus was not the Messiah. These guys are crazy. They're loony. They've lost it. We have to eradicate this ideology off the face of the planet, Saul. And Saul believes it. And now, just as he has his pivot in salvation... Now he's going from, I no longer believe he's not the Messiah, but now I believe it so much that I have been crucified with him and I no longer live, but him who lives within me and he gave himself up for me. The pivot is phenomenal, but here's what he said. I crucify my flesh. We have to crucify our flesh because if we don't, we will begin to live in the current and sacrifice the kingdom. We can't live in the current and sacrifice the kingdom. The flesh will have us at a place to where we do things today regardless of eternal consequences, regardless of biblical principles and godly things. We will sacrifice God's kingdom, His teaching, His principles, His beliefs, His acceptance, His inclusion, and His love. We will sacrifice kingdom so that I may be comfortable today. What we have to understand is the decisions we make today sometimes won't have a payoff until later. The decisions I make today sometimes won't have a payoff until later. If you want to get healthy, you have to decide to put the Cheetos down, join a gym, and go work out. But your payoff ain't going to happen in 24 hours. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and look like Arnold Schwarzenegger at his prime, big buff muscles looking good. You're not going to wake up looking like you're toned in, in shape and somebody that's been working out and running for 25 years. It's not going to happen in 24 hours. But you, the decisions you make today, what I crucify today, the unhealthy eating, the, lay, the, the, the part of sitting on a couch instead of going to the gym, whatever, whatever I crucify today has a payoff for tomorrow. I don't know about you, but I don't want to sacrifice my purpose for my present. Please hear that. There are moments in my life to where I have to go. I don't care if I'm uncomfortable now because now is not what I'm living for. I'm living to bring kingdom to earth on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I have to sacrifice tonight 
today, right now, maybe tomorrow, I have to sacrifice comfort for kingdom. I have to sacrifice present for purpose because when God made me, he breathed purpose and promise and, 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 and destiny into my life, into my bones, into my blood, into my spirit. It was his breath that brought life out of me. And if I don't sacrifice some things, I may never get to the fullness of his purpose in my life. We have to crucify our flesh. If, if, if not, what happens is if I live in my flesh, I ensure that my kingdom is built. But if I live in my spirit, then I ensure that his kingdom is built. See, if I don't crucify my flesh, then, then I'll, seek, um, I'll seek acceptance. I'll seek opinions that agree with me. I'll seek the retweets and the likes and the share. I'll, I'll seek... Uh, only being around people that look like me, talk like me, act like me, and grew up like me. I'll seek those things because, after all, I'm building my kingdom. Listen to me. You nor I have been put on this earth for any other purpose other than getting kingdom, God's kingdom, to earth. That It would be a direct representative. And listen to me. If you don't like being around people of different races, socioeconomic statuses, upbringings, and backgrounds today, you will hate heaven. Our goal, our ideology, our belief system, God's purpose is that we would be kingdom on earth. So the first thing in order to build an identity in Christ is we have to crucify our flesh. Our flesh. The second thing we have to do is we have to walk in a worthy manner. I want to flip over to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. Walk in a, in a worthy manner. It says it like this. This is Paul writing to the church of Ephesus, talking about unity in the Spirit of God. And it says this, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner, walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility, with all gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love. Man, we really need to hear that today, don't we? Being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as, as also you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and one Father of all who is over all, and through all, and in all. Two things I want to focus on in those few scriptures. The first one is, we have to walk, it says to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called. Can I ask you a question? If we're building a name for ourselves, how are we walking in the calling of the Lord? But if we walk in the identity of who God's called us to be, what God's put in us, if we walk in an identity of what we'll be known for, not just not what we're known as, then we walk in a manner worthy of the calling. You know what I love is as you read the letters that the Apostle Paul wrote throughout the New Testament, if you read each and every one of them, it begins with something like this. This is how Ephesians begins. Chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Wow. 
every one, every one of his letters starts like that. Here's why. Because Paul is letting them know, I ain't here for you. I'm not here for your approval, acceptance. I'm not here for any of that. I am here because God called me and I will walk in a manner worthy of the calling God placed on my life, not the uh, opinions that man placed on my life. I want you to hear me today. Walking in a manner worthy of the calling that God put on you is this. Sometimes I have to do what we talked about in verse 1. Sacrifice my wants, my desires for his, for his call. So for me, in my position, what I'm called to do, sometimes I have to be careful what I place on social media. Sometimes I have to be careful about conversations I engage in outside of my office. Sometimes I have to be careful where I go and what I do. Those things aren't necessarily sinful sometimes, and sometimes they're not things that will send me to hell, but they're things I go, that's not, that's not going to benefit. It's not worthy of the call I have on my life. Here's my question to you. Is my walk, hear me, is your walk, is my walk, living up to my call because I walk out what's been called out. Come on, write that down. Amen that. Put some praise hands in the chat tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're watching this. I have to walk out what's been called out. I got to walk in a manner worthy in which I've been called. And then he and then at the very end of this portion of scripture, Paul makes this state that this word, he says this one word like all the time, a lot of times. He says, uh, there is one body and one spirit, just also as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. One, 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 one. Why does Paul make this statement? And why is the Holy Spirit telling Paul, make sure you put the word one in there a lot? In this scripture, when you're talking about walking out the calling that God's given you, here's why. Because Paul, the Holy Spirit, and God want us to read this and know this concept. We're not building separate kingdoms. We're building one kingdom. We're building one body. We're building one people, one systematic belief system in Jesus Christ. We're not building my kingdom, your kingdom, and everybody else. We're building one kingdom. There is one unified spirit. It is the Holy Spirit. There is one God. There is one King of kings and one Lord of lords. There is one man that walked the earth that was perfect, and it wasn't you, and it wasn't me. It is Jesus. One. So when we don't crucify our flesh, we're building our kingdom. But when we crucify our flesh and live by our spirit, we're building his kingdom. Now hear me, that's not perfection. That's going through the journey together. So the first thing we do is we crucify our flesh. The second thing we do is we walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we have received. And the third thing is this, we stop. Hear me, some of you, this is the one point that's going to set you free today. You ready? Stop being a people pleaser. Stop being a people pleaser. Galatians chapter 1, verse 10, Paul was writing here to the church of Galatia again, and he says this, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bondservant of God. Wow. What a, what a powerful statement. Paul makes this statement. He goes, listen, my identity... It's not in you. 
My identity is not in you approving of my stance. My identity is in Christ. My identity is in his salvation. My identity is in his sacrifice. My identity is in his love. My identity is in my father. My identity is not in you. In fact, in the succeeding verses there, he begins to talk about what he's done. And he says, listen, I didn't go to any men. I didn't go to anybody else whenever I had this encounter with Jesus and ask them if this was okay because it didn't matter because I had an encounter with my father and I wasn't trying to please them. Here's what he knew when he made this shift, this pivot from, from, from radical Jewish beliefs of eradicating Christianity, when he made the pivot from that to believing Jesus was the Messiah, that Jesus gave his life, that Jesus is the Savior, when he made that pivot, here's what he knew. It would sever relationships and it would risk his own life. Think about that. So he's willing to give up his name to build an identity in the foundation of Jesus Christ. And he did not care what anybody thought about it. Can I... Can I be very bold? I have a fear in my life that many Christians love the idea of Jesus. We love the idea that somebody else paid the price for us. We love the idea that he forgives and he loves unconditionally. And there's nothing I can... We love the idea of Jesus, but do we really love the person of him? Do we really love the fact that he had such a deep, passionate, zealous love for you and for me. That he gave his life. He gave everything he had so that you and so that I could have life. See, there's a difference. When I love the idea of something, I fall in love with what they can give. When I love the person of something, I love, the per- I love what they are. See, Jesus isn't just a name. Jesus isn't just an idea. God isn't just a cosmic being. God is a father that wraps his arms and loves us no matter what. God is the father that sees us through. Jesus is the savior and the spirit is the empowerer. It's not just names. It's not just uh, black words on white pages or red words on white pages. It's not just highlights and notes. See, no, 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 no. See, God is the very one that breathed it all into existence. Jesus is the one that believed enough in you and in me that I didn't have to pay a price that I should have to pay. Jesus is the one that that looks at you and me and says, I came to give you life to the fullest, not life to the minimum fraction, but life to the fullest that you could ever experience. See, the Holy Spirit is the one that comes and says, there's something in you that I need to light on fire so that it comes out of you, so that you can walk in a manner worthy of what you've been called for, that you can crucify your flesh and still trust that you don't have to please everybody you come into contact with because there is a God, there is a Savior, and there is a Spirit that believes in you more than anyone else ever could. And that is who we are chasing. That is who we want to please. See, it's not just a name. It's not just an idea. It's not just a thought. See, no, 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 no. All of this is reality. And all of this, when we believe it's just an idea... our lives back up that fact because we don't dig in and learn what he tries to say to us. We don't lean into the spirit. We don't worship 
the same, but whenever we love the person. See, let me say it like this in closing. If I just loved the idea of marriage, if I just loved the idea of putting a ring on someone's finger, spending every day with them, taking care of one another, having sex when we both agree, whatever it is, if I just love the idea of marriage, I will fall in love with anybody that comes by that may be able to fulfill the idea. But when I love the person, I love my wife. I love Megan Goff deeply. And because I love her, I'm not marrying an idea that anybody can fill. No, no, no. I'm marrying her quirks. I'm marrying her personality. I'm marrying her good times and her bad times. I'm committing myself to the things that drive me nuts, and I'm committing myself to the things that, that drive me crazy in a good way. I'm marrying the way she looks now, the way she'll look in 10 years, and the way she'll look in 50 years. I'm marrying her mood swings. I'm marrying the pregnancy. I'm marrying birth. I'm marrying all these things. Why? Because I love the person not the idea. When I love the idea, I'll look after someone and I will fall for people that feel, can fulfill the idea. But when I love the person, no one can fulfill the idea because the person's who I love. Many of us have fallen in love over and over and over again with the idea of Jesus. And so anybody or anything that comes by that looks and, and, and acts like anything that is a God, we fall in love with the money, power, authority, position, uh, whatever it is, and you name it, we fall in love with those things because they have the idea of a God. But I am not in love with the idea of a God come on somebody. I am in love with God. I am in love with Jesus because he is in love with me. As 1 John tells me, I get to love because he first loved me. I have to learn not to be a people pleaser but to be a God chaser because he ferociously chases me. If I want to build an identity, I have to crucify my flesh. If I want to build an identity, I have to walk in a manner, manner worthy of the call that he's put on my life. And if I want to build an identity and not a name, I have to stop being a people pleaser and being a God chaser. That doesn't mean, now hear me, don't walk out of here and go, well, pastor said I can just be a jerk to people. No, no, no. That's not love. Everything we do needs to be filtered in love. Don't be a jerk. Don't be argumentative. Don't be those things. Be loving, but be a God chaser. Crucify our flesh. Walk in a worthy manner and stop being a people pleaser. Stop being a people pleaser. Please know this, that as we build our identity on the kingdom of God, Hebrews tells us that we are a part of a kingdom that can never be shaken. And some of you today are watching this and you're going, I'm hearing about a God, I'm hearing about Jesus that I haven't given my life to. Maybe you prayed the prayer to the idea of Jesus, but not to the person of Jesus. You gave yourself to a religious concept, but not to the person. I just want to say today, if you've never prayed that prayer, you've never given your heart to Jesus, or it's time to give your life to him for real this time, I just want to encourage you in just a minute, I'm going to say a prayer. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray that together. And then there's going to come something on the screen. After you write yes in the chat to the acceptance of Jesus, there's going to come a number that you can text. Actually, no, there's not. I'm sorry. I messed that up. There's going to, there, you type yes in the chat, somebody's going to get in touch with you. 
And what we're going to do is we're just going to walk with this with you. We're going to walk through this with you. Because we don't want you to walk it out alone. We want you to walk that out together with a family. So right now, if you're in the room and you're like, hey, I need to give my life to Jesus today. I want you to know something. He wants you to. Men, what better day, way to start a relationship with Jesus than on Father's Day to give our life to the Father? So if you're ready, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes and just say this with me? Here's what I want you to do. Just pray forgiveness. Just pray for forgiveness right where you're at, out loud. Just pray, God, forgive me. I want to give my life to you. I'm going to pray over you, but you pray that for yourself right now. Father, we thank you. We give you everything we have. Jesus, we declare that you gave your life on the cross for us to redeem us, to receive us, and to save us. And Jesus, we declare that today we give you our lives. We give our lives to the Father on Father's Day as our gift to say, redeem me, forgive me of who I've been, forgive me of who I am, and God, redeem who I ever will be. God, I don't want to be perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect. I just want to be obedient. So help me build an identity on you. Help me start a relationship with you today. And thank you for welcoming me into the family of God. If you prayed that prayer today and you believe that prayer, would you just type yes in the chat right now? Just type the word yes in this chat because we want to celebrate with you. We want to, I know there's people out there that have prayed this prayer. We want to walk with you. We want to celebrate with you. There's going to be people clicking like and love on that, on that comment to let you know that they're celebrating. There's people in the chat celebrating for you right now. There's people at home cheering for you because we are now family and we're walking this thing out together. Congratulations. Welcome to the family of God. Now, if there's anybody else out there, I want to I encourage you to do something. Maybe you're sitting out there, if there's anybody that would go, I've given my life to Jesus, but there's the next level I want to go to. I'm telling you, the identity is where it's at. We've got to build an identity. I'm going to tell you two next steps that you need to take today that would help you with that. Number one, we need to take some next steps in this thing. We need to jump into a group. There's groups that are happening this summer. You need to get in a group of people that will help you build that identity, that will help you dive into the Word of God and learn it more. Go to radiatechurch.net slash groups and check that out. Be a part of a group of people. There's also a Netflix for Bible for churches called Right Now Media that we've paid for that you can get for free to help you dive in and learn more and to build that identity on Christ. All you have to do is text the number that's about to come on the screen, text those instructions, and we're going to send you a link. And all you got to do is click that link and sign up for a free account. And you have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of resources to help you grow in your relationship and identity with Christ. I just want to encourage you, take some next steps today that we would build that identity with Christ. I want to pray over you right now as we go and we're ready to change the world. Father, we honor you, we praise you, we give you everything we have. God, we are tired of building a name that we're known as. Let us build an identity in you that we're known for. God, we honor you. We worship you, God. We want to crucify our flesh. We don't want to uh, uh, sacrifice kingdom for comfort, God. So help us learn what we need to do to do that. God, I pray right now that we would learn to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have on our life. Whatever that looks like, whatever that sounds like, God, help us to do that. And God, I pray that we would be God chasers and not people pleasers. 
that we would chase you with everything we have because you are our Father. God, we honor you, we worship you, and we give you everything we have. Help us change the world for the kingdom. In your name we pray. Amen. Hey, men, happy Father's Day. Families, I love you. I can't wait to see you again. Check us out. Midweek conversation this Wednesday at 830. I love you guys. Let's go change the world. See you next week.